I watch too many movies. I watch too much TV. Anything else to add? I'm head of HR. The world needs more robots. I still have a page of notes. I wasn't paying attention. Our lightning rail. No, I'm not ready. I'll just wing it. I'm in the zone. Roll for initiative. May the force be with you. Always. Classic. Whatever makes you a discerning. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, discerning listeners, to the Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek. Spaceballs! My name watch is... Watch out! Watch out! David, and I am here with David, who is very excited about Spaceballs. Andrew, who this was his first watching of Spaceballs. That is correct. And Todd, how is everybody doing all this wonderful evening? Only a few minutes ago, like 23 and a half hours, in a galaxy that's connected somewhere between the IHOP and 7-Eleven, the opera that space never asked for, Spaceballs, we break for nobody. <laughs> was that out of the trailer? No, that was just me screwing around. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like one of their trailers. That works. But yeah, no, that's cool. I, yeah, I'm fine. So, I'm okay. You're okay? Yeah. It's It's... Technically, I'm, I'm happy because I'm with my buddies and we're talking about one of the f- most my favorite one of my favorite movies ever because I'm a huge Star Wars dork. Uh, Todd's just a huge Star Trek dork. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of there, well, there's a little bit of Star Trek in this, but I mean, it's mostly Star Wars ripoff. But it's, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you need to give it up. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything in there. What was it? Beam me up. Um, yeah, Scotty beamed me up twice last night. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. What did somebody tell me my ass was so big? Ascertain. That used to be my stripper name. Um. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting one. It's it's a new year. I'll go ahead and say it. We're we're in 2022. As I don't we're care. I don't this. care. I don't care. 2021 is gone and done and you know, and we're right back to where we started the last year we get to yeah. lock it up and throw away the key and not mention it again the, <laughs> the year that shall not be named and yeah in a year where pronouns went crazy sorry I do have to we to just cry got canceled on Twitter bit. for that one I do have to cry a little bit because you know 2021 you know had to take out um, Betty White on its way out. Oh, you just had to bring oh, that up, man. No, I know, you had, man. You had to bring it up. I was doing fine, man. I didn't even think about her. And then you bring it up. Jeez, <sighs> dude. Well, this space balls, man. Let's not put it okay. down. Okay, yeah, we'll get back into space balls. Todd, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown? Okay, it's already been obvious because of the previous mentions, but we are reviewing the movie Spaceballs. Yay. Mercenary Lone Star and his Mog companion Barf are hired by King Roland of Planet Druidia to rescue his daughter Vespa and the droid Dot Matrix from the evil clutches of President Scroob, Dark Helmet, and Colonel Sanders, who wish to steal Druidia's fresh air to replace the diminished atmosphere of Planet Spaceball. Hail President Scroob! Spaceballs is starring Bill Pullman as Lone Star, mercenary and pilot of the Space Winnebago Eagle 5. Great actor. John Candy as Barth, the half-man, half-dog companion of Lone Star. Great actor. Zafni Zuniga as uh, Vespa, the spoiled Druidian princess and runaway bride. 
great TV actress. Joan Rivers as the voice of Dot Matrix, the droid and guardian of Vespa. Great plastic surgery um, experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Rick Moranis as Dark Helmet, the downside Schwartz wielder. Awesome, dude. (laughs) Mel Brooks as the incompetent President Scrooge and the wise Schwartz keeper named Yogurt. A national treasure. George Weiner as Colonel Sanders, the commander of Spaceball One. Best name ever. (laughs) Dick Van Patten as King Roland of Druidia. Another great TV actor. Jim J. Bullock as Prince Valium. Nobody cares. Okay. (laughs) Dom DeLuise as the voice of Pizza the Hut. Was that who played Pizza the Hut? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Okay. And John Hurt as the chest buster victim again. Again. (laughs) Poor guy. Uh, Spaceballs was released on June 24th, 1987 with a rating of PG. It was written by Mel Brooks, Ronnie Graham, Thomas Meehan, and it was directed by Mel Brooks. Where you can find it, maybe I'm thinking of the other movie that we're going to review that we're not quite ready for tonight, but I could have sworn that I had to rent this, but maybe it was available on, on, yeah, maybe it was available on Tubi and I had to watch it with commercials, but now all of a sudden it's available on Amazon Prime, Epix, Hoopla, Canopy, and DirecTV with subscriptions. It's also available on Tubi, Pluto TV, and the Roku channel, all with ads. See, also YouTube. You guys think nobody listens, but it's a lie. All the people that are doing the online apps are listening to our podcast, and they're like, "Oh, they're talking about space so We got to make it available quick." Go go go! I wish, boy, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Have the power. We have the Schwartz. Mark Schwartz is bigger than yours. You got the power. Five bonus points for anybody that can tell me what movie that's from. Oh my God. Uh, Transformers. Thank you. Thank you. My buddy Todd comes through with it as always. Darn. And and not the bad live action Transformers. No, 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 no. No. The the actual good cartoon Cartoon Transformer movie. What's wrong with the live action Transformers? Everything. Yeah, we're not going there. That's we're a not whole other thing. Because I will take an hour and Todd will take another hour and yeah. Dave will probably take another hour. Yeah, that, that's it. Michael Bay. Explosion, please. Thank you. Sorry. So, I mean, I got to ask because this was Andrew's first watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to hear what Andrew and, and And actually, it was funny because. I think his mom caught a little bit of heat because she's a bad parent because he's absolutely. Like so it was 15 like 15 years old and a- this is the first time that he's watched this. But it was Christmas what did you day think? and my mom was getting trash dogged for not showing me space balls before. What did um, you what think, did I think? It was yeah. good. Very, very funny. Um, the sci-fi references from the time, they were all very well-placed and humorous. Huh? Okay. This was a, a Dave. I think this was your suggestion, right? This you were one that put this on the wheel of insanity. Probably. <laughs> um. So and we know that. I mean, we talked about it as we previewed this. How much we enjoyed it. Todd's oh, yeah. been a little bit quiet. I know he was a little um, reserved about this one. But Todd, what do you think? What do you think? Well, First Todd, initial. Todd, Todd takes things seriously, so he 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 was not looking at this from an entertainment point of view. He was looking at this from a serious point of view. 
Mm, no, not necessarily. But I think I have seen this a long time ago as a kid. And, you know, I probably found it pretty funny at the time. Or, or maybe I didn't because, yeah, maybe um, I didn't like the way it spoofed stuff at the time or something. I, I really don't remember. But it, You probably watched it with me over at my house at some point. It, but, but yeah, it's, it's entirely possible that, that when I saw it the first time that, that it, it was funny. Um, I would say that this time around, I found the whole film mildly amusing at best and occasionally creative. But for me, a lot of the humor didn't totally work. I found a lot of it to be kind of low-hanging fruit and kind of overrated. And ultimately, I think the movie is boring and not very fun. Blasphemy. I kind of felt like there was some reservation there. So I just wanted to get the initial reaction so we knew where we stood. So, So this is the one where people start talking about, you know, Todd not liking the movie instead of me and some kind of oceans crappy movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, Hey, that's okay. Let's we'll stop see. bringing that up again. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's, let's start talking about the stuff that we did like, you know, Todd kind of mentioned mildly humorous. Yeah. I mean, David, I can quote this cause to me, I just roll oh, yeah. all the time and I love Mel Brooks sense of humor. It's, it's there. It's There's in your not face. Many Mel Brooks movies that I've watched that I have not enjoyed. He he doesn't follow the PC line. He just says, "Hey, this is funny." Now I say that he doesn't follow the PC line, but his humor is also not like to me. He doesn't attack anybody. It's not like he's attacking a cultural group, a sex, a religion, or anything like that. He makes fun of everything. And he's pretty much kind of like, hey, this is the funny parts about it. Let's laugh at ourselves and move on. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, but, you know, that, that's that's kind of where I'm at. What do you think, Dave? Oh yeah, I, uh, it was funny. After I watched Spaceballs, I, I think I was flipping around and um, I saw uh, something about Young Frankenstein. Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's probably and, I like that and, one probably better than Spaceballs. Well, it, but. it is. It is actually considered. Uh, I forgot what it was. It's it's uh, it's considered like the most quotable. That's what it is. It's the most quotable. It's the most quoted movie ever. Is Young oh, Frankenstein, wow. uh, and they were talking about how like when they wrote it and decided to make it um, and how they had such a great cast and everything. And I think the same thing happened here. They, they just got a great cast. They were talking about how, like when they shot it, they literally used black and white film from the past so that it had the right picturesque. Because one of the things that they wanted to do was really pay homage to the Boris Karloff Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, And they even talked to Boris's daughter who said she loves this movie. She thinks her, if her father had been alive, he would have approved of it completely because of what all that they did with it. And the, I, I, I go through that kind of tirade a little bit to give you the idea that Mel Brooks does not skimp. He does things for a deliberate reason. And even though, you know, you, you may not find the humor very intelligent or whatever, and maybe even cheap shots. Uh, I mean, it's a spoof. You know, but it was a well done spoof because I have watched many spoofs. I like spoofs. I like when people do spoofs of movies, and I have seen some pretty horrible spoofs. 
where they're just, where are you going? You know, you're not even anywhere near where you need to be and you're just going off the rails to go off the rails. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of Mel Brooks movies work, especially like Spaceballs. Um, it's a spoof, but yet it follows a determined line of this is the story and we're going to spoof around the story, but we're not going to go so far off the rails that the story that we lose the story. And so because of that, it, it, it they tend to be very well done because you, it, it is still a, it is still a story that you can watch and enjoy. And there just happens to be really good, funny moments in it, you know, stupid one-liners and what have you and whatever you want to call it, you know, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders, are you chicken? Yeah, you know? <laughs> that was going to be what, yeah. I mean, that's one of those kind of things where, yeah, probably nowadays you might have some people that go, why is that funny? Why are you laughing? And it's like Colonel Sanders. And they're like, I'm sure Kentucky there's, fried chicken? <laughs> yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken, hello, did you not get that? You know, that kind of thing where, yeah, there's going to be some stuff nowadays where, oddly enough, you're probably going to have to explain some jokes to some people. That's okay, because to me, this is one of those films where, yeah, you can watch it by yourself and have a good time, but really, you should watch it with a bunch of buddies, you know, and just be stupid with it. Yeah, because sadly, we didn't get to do that, I, I, but I I know that I did watch this probably within a day after it was rolled on the wheel, just because I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I needed to see this, and... You know, there is, it's, and it's a gurgling. It's Mr. Coffee, sir. Mr. Coffee. <laughs> of course, it's Mr. Coffee. I do this. I do it by ship. Where, where's the radar? Right here, sir. Mr. Mr. Radar. <laughs> Everybody knows that I like drinking coffee when I watch radar. Everybody knows that. Yeah, of course, we do, sir. They have the gunner shooting at people. It's like. Is that a crosser? No, it's not up uh, it. Who is who that? Who made that man a gutter? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Major Ethel. <laughs> How many assholes are on this ship? Yo! <laughs> I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Surrounded by assholes. <laughs> firing assholes. I mean, it's just, it's so quotable. It, it just, there's so many lines in there and it's so much stuff that's going on. It's, it's funny. And it, it does. It spoofs a lot of different sci-fi. I mean, obviously Star Wars is the main one, but you have references to aliens. You've got references to, of course, Star Trek. You've got Star Wars. And it's just great the way they kind of play off those those funny things um, and make sense. Uh, and I liked it. But, uh, Andrew, what about you? Any other positives that you liked about this movie? What was his name? The, the Yoda clone. Yogurt? Yogurt. That's right. Um, I liked Yogurt. It was pretty funny. Though when he went into the marketing campaign thing. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Just absolutely hilarious. Um, the way everyone covers their... Um, oh, I have a Spaceballs the face mask. Do you? Oh, yes, that's right. You showed it to it's, us. It's, yeah. like, it's, lay, it's laying right here behind me. I have a Spaceballs the face mask. So, yes, there are some things out there that you can find that are Spaceballs the blah, blah, blah. So, mm -hmm. definitely, if you're a fan, look, you'll you'll see, you'll find them. I wonder if you can buy an actual, like, Schwartz ring. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know, maybe. It's kind of funny because Dave kind of mentioned it feels at some times kind of like cheap effects. But at the same time, they're fun. And it's kind of, yeah, this, the Lone Star's flying around in a Winnebago. Then you have, you know, some of the the special effects and they're kind of cheesy. But at the same time, 
they're done high quality. And it's almost as if you could tell that even though they're cheesy, they're not bad special effects. They just made them look cheesy to make the funny joke that they're cheesy. I hope that makes sense. That's kind of a weird way of saying that they're not like low budget effects. They're, they're actually good effects. Well, it's kind of like last starfighter. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's one of the first movies that use computer generated ships in it. And so you look at it now and you're like, wow, but yet it works for that particular film. You don't know why it just does. Right. Todd. Uh, I actually, uh, Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dad. Well, I was going to get let's see if Todd had any other positives because I know he's got a laundry list of of some negatives. Um, what I you got? Really, I really don't even have that many negatives, but yeah, I've got a couple positives. But uh, first, you were talking about the special effects. I think George Lucas actually helped out with it. I think uh, Industrial Light and Magic helped with some of the special effects um, because I think. Uh, I've got a little bit of that in trivia. I'm trying to skim through it. Uh, but the the short version is that I think Mel Brooks did consult with George Lucas and kind of get his permission to parody things. Uh, George Lucas gave him permission, except he didn't want any merchandise to be made. Uh, so how that one thing that you have, Dave, how that slipped through, I don't know. Well, um, it's I bought it like two years ago. Okay. So, I mean, this, is, this has been years since the movie's come out. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, George Lucas liked it. And so I think he offered to help out with the special effects. So yeah, that's probably why they were well-made, even though they, they look cheesy. Um, so anyway, my positives, uh, let me see. At the beginning, I kind of like the opening text crawl. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Star Wars is about the only thing that has done that. And I think they've done it so much and so well that... If any other movie or franchise were to try that, they would be deemed, you know, copycats. Somebody would say that they're imitating. So really the only way you can get away with imitating it is if you're doing a parody. And so I can kind of appreciate they did that. And I kind of like how it ends. If you can read this, you don't need glasses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did kind of like the the moment that uh, Princess Vespa takes off her her braids the buns that look kind of like the princess leia style hairdo and she takes the buns off and they're actually earphones and i can't remember if i actually kind of sort of remembered that or if i had forgotten but kind of predicted it but either way i was kind of like are those just earphones because i I think it was because dot matrix was talking to her and she wasn't hearing i'm like i'll bet those braids are really earphones and they're they're muffling her hearing or something and and sure enough i was right uh so i thought that was kind of funny and then um I would say probably the the most creative thing and the thing that came the closest to being funny, but still not quite funny, was the chest bursting thing at the end. So actually spoofing a little bit of Alien along the way instead of just Star Wars. Um, so I kind of like that. Hello, my darling. Hello, my darling. <laughs> yeah, and a little word of Warner Brothers. You know, the old, the, um, the, old, the old singing frog, if you guys remember Warner Brothers cartoons. Well, I will say that is a very Mel Brooks thing to do. And what I mean by that is... You know, if he talks to George Lucas and George Lucas is like, yeah, make this movie and do all this. The only thing I'm going to ask is that you don't have the merchandising. So Mel Brooks just puts jokes about the merchandising in the movie. It's like, hey, look, we're going to have all this merchandising. And look, it's it's the movie before it's available. That's that's what he does. He takes those moments and is like, oh, well, I can't do merchandising. Well, shoot, I'll just put it in the movie that we're going to have all this merchandising and make fun of it. 
that's brilliant. I mean, hopefully I, we'll all meet together in Spaceballs Two: The Search for More Money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me of another piece of trivia. Mel Brooks actually said in some kind of interview, uh, or maybe it was commentary or something, I can't remember. But he said that, that the two jokes in the movie that he was most proud of were everything about merchandising and Colonel Sanders renting space balls before it was finished. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Prepare to fast forward. Prepare to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward, sir. When is this? this is now. <laughs> what do you mean? It's now. What we're seeing now is what's taking place now. What happened to then? We missed it. When? Just now. <laughs> Come back to then. Evan and Costello, hello. We can't. Why? We missed it. <laughs> we missed it. When? Just now. Yeah. Come back to then. And that, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was soon be in our grasp. It's, it's little so jokes like that that poke fun at the movie itself. That yeah. make this a standout. How about when he turns oh, off the film? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Or they just got done talking to King Roland. And he's like, he's like disconnecting the communication with King Roland. He's like, click, and the screen goes black. And there's like two seconds of silence. And it's like, what'd you do? I, I don't know. I was just turning off the vid. And it's like, no, dude, you turned off the movie. It's just like, turn it back on. <laughs> yeah. It- um what else what do we i mean obviously this is a a pretty star-studded cast i mean this is a lot of comedians in this movie um and again that's a mel brooks thing to do you know he kind of gets good people and and gives them funny content and so you know i would probably say for me kind of the weakest was probably princess vespa um but the rest of the cast, I just enjoyed. Uh, I thought it, it was fun to watch and enjoyed all of them. But yeah, what about you guys? Do you guys like the cast? Anybody you like more than others or stood out for you or somebody you didn't like? One of the things I oddly did enjoy was the actual fact that, you know, he was flying around in a Winnebago um, like and, and that she had a Mercedes <laughs> and even King Rowan's like, and if it's at all possible, try to save the car. You know, a lot of the companies we have today, uh, sometimes, you know, they seem to, they just hang on, you know, they always hang on, they hang on. And I just think it would be funny to actually like, you know, somewhere like three or 400 years in the future, if there wasn't really like going to be a Winnebago spaceship or a Mercedes spaceship, you know, made by those companies that have been like around for like, a, you know, a thousand years. And it's like, yeah, this is our new Mercedes space line. And that kind of thing. And, and to me, I enjoy that kind of humor where it's like, yeah, they made it, man. They made it to like, you know, 3022, you know, that kind of thing. What else? What else we've got in this one? I mean, I think Dave and I could quote it like the whole episode. Um, all night long. All long. The entire long movie, long. guys. I'm not joking. Okay. We probably could. We, we, we could get close. We could at least give the major scenes throughout the whole thing. And I mean, I, we still love the fact that, you know, you know, Darth Helmet's getting his extreme close up. Darth Helmet. Bonk. Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet. <laughs> You know, he's getting his extreme close up and the camera hits him and he falls down. You know, to me, that's just great. Then, like, when he's on the desert planet, his helmet actually changes. It's like the one time his helmet changes to where instead of being a big, huge black helmet, it's he's in khakis with like a huge safari helmet, but it's just, it's still closed off, you know? Which, of course, still presents one of the funniest lines because, you know, just before that, it's <laughs> President Scrooge was like, tell him to calm the desert. 
tell you hear me tell him to comb the desert and sure enough he's got his troops out there and they've got combs in the sand and of course he's like you guys found anything and it's like nothing yet sir and then like goes to the next group that's got a big comb and it's like nothing yet sir and it goes like two two black troopers with a pick and the black troopers like we ain't found shit you know it's just great <laughs> yeah i mean to me i i die every time i see that one and then of course like right after that's another great one where he's like He's like, prepare to move out. It's like, prepare to move out. It's like, why are you always preparing? Just go. It's like, just go, just go. And then, of course, he takes off and the dude falls in the seat. I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more childish when it comes to this movie, but there's not a lot of scenes in here that I don't just enjoy. Well, they, it's funny how they break the fourth wall so many times, you know. Everybody got that? The uh, Yeah, there's even the scene where they're having the, the 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 big Schwartz battle and at one point uh oh yeah he like hits he kills a sound poor, guy or something <laughs> poor gaffer or somebody uh, he did it he did it <laughs> it's like oh wow that's like, <laughs> i mean it's things like that that they just completely kind of almost they don't let a scene get too serious at any point because right. yeah, that's even I mean this is like the heart the the big battle you know the the face off between Darth Hellman and and Lone Star they're having their lightsaber battle and they're getting all into it and then you know they do they hit the the sound guy or the gaffer or whoever and and, uh, and it's like oh it just takes you back to oh no this is funny you know um, there's the point where he takes the the ring off of him. You know, oh, you know, put her there. I can't believe you fell for that. Here, let me give it back to you. Yeah. Oh, you fell for that too. Yeah. <laughs> What's with you, man? <laughs> but yeah, then they even talk about, you know, oh, the ring is bumpkiss. I found it at the bottom of a cereal box. <laughs> yeah. I found, I found it in a Cracker Jack box. But yeah, it, it just, it doesn't take itself serious at any point. And I think did I miss something? When did we get to Disneyland? Yeah, it's funny because I'm usually kind of one of the skeptical ones. I'm not one that that likes just a a dumb movie for a dumb movie's sake. I think when we've had other reviews, I've been kind of the the, the grump who who you know avoided some of those uh, those movies. But this one does it for me. I enjoy this. I can I can relate to it. I think it's fun humor. It hits me on the right level. Uh, it's not too childish, but it, it it's childish at times, you know, but it lets you just relax and, and have fun. I think Andrew mentioned, the like, oh, my shorts. I see your shorts is as big as mine. That's pretty childish humor. You know, they're, they're literally, you know, just, yeah. I hate it when I get my shorts twisted. Yeah. <laughs> If maybe if I put my leg here and you put your like there, okay, one, two, three, go. Um, but it didn't do anything, do much for you, right, Don? In the humor category, no, 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 no. Not really. No. Okay, well, let's go ahead and transition into some of those kind of nitpicks and negatives, and, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll see what uh, see what we have. I mean. I mean, yeah, I got nothing. An obvious one is okay, it ain't like it's a deep plot or that there's any surprises. I mean, we kind of know what's gonna happen, but I'm but at the same time, isn't that any 
kind of comedy like this. I don't know. I mean, you don't watch it for the you don't watch it for the surprises in the plot. You watch it in for the surprises in the comedy. Uh, and what are they going to do next? But um, but what do you got? Well, Todd, give us one we can kind of run with. Okay, I know y'all are going to accuse me of being extremely nitpicky of this, but um, one thing that kind of bugged me was that scene where two ships are kind of docking together and they go from one ship to the other. I think it was from the Mercedes to the Eagle 5, the Winnebago. And they just go out in a ladder. Yeah. In the middle of space. And look, I know that this is a spoof of space movies, but they're still in space. Let the spoofing be about the characters and the story and make fun of that stuff, but you're still in space and in space there is still a vacuum. So you can't go from one ship to another just by a ladder out, out in the open. You you know, all they had to do was do some kind of like tube type thing to, to say that it was some kind of uh, docking. Uh, I'm trying to find the right wording, the docking, docking tube. That's not the right word, but you know, some kind of docking thing from one ship to another, or just don't show it. Just like edit them, you know, leaving one ship and then, and then cut to another scene where they're entering the other one or something. But if you're going to actually show them just going out in space in a ladder. Now for dot matrix, that might be okay because she's uh, a droid, but Daphne Zuniga's character, I mean, she's human and she goes out. And I think, um, uh, John she's Candy's Jewish. character. And I think John Candy's character, I think he crawls down the ladder first before all three of them go back up. And I guess you could say, well, he's an alien. He's not human. So he can somehow survive the vacuum space. But I don't know. And I know it's a comedy. I know it's supposed to be stupid in a lot of ways, but that's just one way in which I don't think it should be stupid. It's still in space. And I know a lot of space movies, even serious ones, get away with doing sound in space. But they all do that. They all do that. But one one rule of space that I think almost every, if not all, space movies and space TV shows at least obey is the vacuum of space. And so for even a comedy to just say, screw it, let's just have them go up and down a ladder between ships, that... Sorry, that just bugged me. So there's one. Maybe it was like a, a, a force field around the ships. Well, if they had said that or used some of those George Lucas special effects to show that, then that might have been okay. But Maybe it was the tractor beam. What would a tractor beam have to do with atmosphere? I don't know. Maybe it keeps out the vacuum while it's tractoring the other ship. I don't know. I really don't know. So what is the effects of a person in space? Welcome to Science versus Cinema, your home for scientific conjecture based on watching movies and TV. On today's episode, three old guys who haven't been in a science class since before Y2K, plus a high school freshman, try to figure out what happens when a body is exposed to the vacuum of space. I know there's no air to breathe, but other than that, it's cold or hot depending on where you're at. In relation oh, to the sun. Not... Yeah, to be honest, I'm a little bit confused about that too because there are a lot of misconceptions in movies, and, and sometimes I'll read yeah. just say this happens, and there, you know, this other thing happens. Like, like sometimes it's depicted as somebody instantly freezing, and I think that's not necessarily the case. Yes, it's cold, and you might freeze over time, but it wouldn't be like an instant freeze. And I think there's something like. Yes, it might burst blood vessels, but it's not like it would instantly kill you. And yes, you have to keep your eyes closed really uh, tight because I think your eyes are susceptible the most to the vacuum of space. And there's something about how I think you've got to 
breathe out because if you don't, your lungs might explode. But there again, what I'm saying might be the misconceptions rather than the truth. So I, I'm not positive. I'm not a scientist. So I'm, yeah, I'm it changes. Sure. It changes kind of based on what we know with through watching movies. Um, it changes kind of based on the science because nobody's volunteered, so to speak, to yeah. uh, jump Probably. out of an airlock and just see what happens. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe at one point, if we if we begin more space travel and there's and there's more. Uh, convicted felons perhaps sentenced to death maybe that's one of the one of the things they'll do to people i hope not but because i don't think that, i think that would fall under not quite i think that would pretty much be cruel and unusual punishment but at one point you know it was thought that because it was a vacuum basically it would turn you like basically inside out that like you know it would rip everything inside of you out of you and and that kind of thing and you'd kind of sort of explode or what have you but then as time kind of went on uh, they kind of realized, yeah, you would freeze. But the weird thing is, is, is the best I've been able to understand is that not only would you freeze, it's kind of both. It's not only you freezing, it's also you being too hot because of the solar radiation, which doesn't quite make sense. But yet it's solar radiation is different. You know, uh, like, for example, it's very cold in space, but yet solar radiation still warms our planet, uh, even though it it, it takes, what is it, eight minutes to go from the sun to here? Yeah, something like that. The light from the sun travels to earth in like eight minutes or seven minutes or something like that and so it still warms the earth so you still have a lot of heat coming at you even though you're in a vacuum of space which is very very cold and so supposedly the best i've been able to piece together is what literally happens is not only do you freeze you will freeze solid period because it's negative 300 some below but the blood in your in your body will actually boil which is the reason why I guess the best the best depiction I ever saw was from Event Horizon, in which the kid that gets knocked out of the space lock uh, freezes, but yet you see this blood pouring out of him. It's because his blood is overheating from the solar radiation, and so it's boiling out of him. And so it's like both, and it's and it, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around it because it's one of those things where. You know, you don't really know unless you did it. And if you did it, well, you're screwed. So let's say, not didn't do that. Princess Leia survive being blown out into space? And, yeah, but she yeah. had the force. She had the Schwartz. She had she a had very big Schwartz. Schwartz for a woman. <laughs> and she also needed some recovery time after. There's also a scene in an episode of Battlestar Galactica episode where uh, some people were, were trapped out in a raptor and they had to kind of jump from one ship out to the out to another in in the vacuum of space but they were given certain instructions to to do certain things ahead of time and certain things while they're out in the space and it was only for a few seconds and they still had to go through some medical stuff after afterwards to kind of to kind of recover and if you remember princess leia did too so um also um I only watched the first season of it, but The Expanse, which I know a lot of people go on and on about, about how great it is. The first season just didn't appeal to me, so I didn't continue. But there is a scene in one of the early episodes of The Expanse where somebody's out in space in a spacesuit. But I, I can't remember what it is. Either, either they're sweating or they've got an itch or something on their face, and they actually raise their visor and they kind of scratch themselves or wipe their sweat or do whatever it was that they need to do. And then they close their visor back and are like, that didn't seem right. But then I think I read somewhere on the internet that, yes, again, if you close your eyes really tight and you exhale while you're doing it, you can survive the vacuum space for a second or two to do, you know, something like wipe the sweat or, or scratch your face as long as you, you know, don't, don't 
expose yourself for too long. Uh, and if it's just for a second or two, like it was, then, then that's okay. So I, I think it's more of a slow effect, whatever it does to you. Yeah. But see, then we don't get the fun comedy of it's just a Winnebago with a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> this has been science versus cinema. If you enjoy scientific discussion without the expertise of actual scientific knowledge or even last minute Googling, tune into another marginally cohesive and mildly exciting episode of Science vs. Cinema. And she, he has to carry the matching luggage down the ladder and, you know, her, ma- her Majesty's uh, matching luggage. It's her Majesty's royal luggage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't blink at that. I didn't really even care. At, at that point, I'm not watching a, a science film. I'm watching a comedy and and the, the rules of physics and laws of physics and science don't really pertain in comedy. That's why people fall up and it just is funny. Uh, what else? What else we got that's uh, kind of on the, the negative end for this this film? Am I the only one with anything? Probably. The Maybe. plot outside right. of, uh, well, like, okay, in what? between jokes, if you're looking at, like, the story, it can be very like if Yeah, and that's what I mentioned at the beginning. If you I aren't mean, catching some of the jokes that are flying by, you're going to start getting bored. But then why are you watching Spaceballs? You know? Right. Yeah, so. if you're not watching it for the jokes, if you're looking for a deeper meaning and a deeper plot, you're you're probably in the wrong spot. Um, you're not you're never gonna watch Spaceballs for the plot, the story, you know? Yeah. It threw a couple of those curveballs, you know, spoiler redacted, he becomes a a a prince in the end, you know. No, I'm just like <gasps> no I, yeah. I mean Whoa. but at the same time that's kind of the it, it, the predictability is what's part of the fun and part of what's uh what makes it fun. Yeah, there's no hidden meanings there's no great secrets of the universe there's no real character development these people are who they are and that's what we love about them you know we love that lone star is the the crazy cowboy even if he technically has royal blood so he gets to marry the princess in the end he's still going to be the same person the bratty princess is the bratty princess all the way to the end that's that's okay i'm good with that the bad guys are all the bad guys, even when they crash on the planet with the planet of the apes. And, you know, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. So, yeah, it, it is a negative because those things that you look for in a deeper movie are not there. Uh, but at the same time, you don't really look for them in a comedy or I don't most of the time. So, um, well, and, and I want to respond to that because I don't want there to be this impression that I'm looking for those deep things in a comedy and especially a spoof comedy. I am looking for the comedy, but like I said, the jokes didn't work for me either. So then what is right. left? And then I, I have a few other little nitpicks, but I got to say something for lightning rounds. So the only thing left, and, and there's one bad stuff thing and one thing that I counted as a neutral observation, but they kind of go together. So I'll, I'll say them together. Okay. I know you were saying that, you know, uh, Mel Brooks doesn't skimp and that, yes, he got uh, George Lucas to do special effects and stuff like that. And so in some ways it's still well made. And in fact, one of my pieces of trivia was that this was Mel Brooks's most expensive movie, or at least it was up until that point. I don't know if it still is or not. Uh, But to me, the whole movie looks kind of cheap. And because of the comedy, some of that might have been intentional, but to me, it's not even funny cheap. It's just distracting cheap. 
Um, and then the the neutral observation that I would make is that in the the church on the planet Druidia, in the in the church that they filmed it, they didn't even bother hiding or modifying the very earth looking wall plugs and light switches on the wall. It's just you can tell that they're filming it in a church on Earth, and I'm like. Really, yes, I know it's a spoof, but it's still a science fiction spoof. Spend fifty dollars to put some little, uh, some little silvery covers and some little uh, cheap light up thingies over the wall switches and the plugs that make it look like it's made in, in Earth, not just Earth, but America, because other countries across the globe have have different wall plugs and, and light switches. It just it looks like it's filmed in a church in California, um, and I'm like, spend spend fifty dollars and, and modify the switches. But they, they I think you're specious because I mean, who's why why can't Druidia have the same plugs as Earth? I mean, are, are we any better than Druidia? I, don't I think so. I knew you were going to say really, that. I really She's don't think so. She's got to have to plug in her industrial hair dryer. Hair dryer. <laughs> I, I, I knew that was going to be your counter argument. I knew it, but I it, I had to say it anyway, or I, or I don't have much to say in this episode. Maybe not specious, but you're definitely planetist. Because how dash you insult the people of Dridia, saying that they are not worthy having plugs like Earth. And not only that, now I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I want to see the scene where you saw a freaking plug. <laughs> because I was like, what? Okay. Because see, now I'm going to have to go back and see if I can actually spot one because I can't believe you spotted that. Because plugs are normally like, what, maybe two feet off the ground and there's pews and it's you're focused on. I mean, what are you watching? Are you watching people? Or are you watching the walls? Jeez. Cancel the circus. You, Cancel the <laughs> Cancel the three ring circus. Shut down the mall. I can see I did not pick that out. So the fact that he picked that out. Yeah, I, did, being, I, I never saw a plug or a light switch. I I guess I just wasn't paying he was, attention. He was being very observant. That, that's, Obviously. I, the ship is too big. If I walk, the movie, movie be over. over. Oh, she's transformed into Mega Maid. No, no, no! Wait, you have to. He has to look at the guy from the John Williams Orchestra. Dun, 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 Mega Maid. I, I don't know. We have this code from Dridia. One, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. That's the same code I have on my luggage. Yeah, see, this was good comedy for me, Andrew. You idiots! You've captured their stunt doubles. That was surprising. Uh, I, that, I, that, I now that is actually a decent little scene because if, <laughs> if if once you see the joke and if you go back and watch it, yeah. you pay attention, you catch it because you see the people jumping through and you realize that's not the same people. But when you first watch it, oh yeah, it fools you. And then that one, and then when the one guy, the one guy playing Princess Vest returns around, and he looks like Hitler with yep. long hair. I know it's Stogie. Get a big old must. <laughs> mm-hmm. Long curly hair, and he's smoking the cigar. And he's, I think he has a Hitler mustache, though. I'm pretty sure. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he has a Hitler mustache, which of course is a classic Mel Brooks thing, because Mel Brooks himself actually talks about how. Some of the comedy I do today, I could never get away with. He goes, for God's sakes, one of the greatest uh, musicals I ever did actually has a, you know, won a, I forgot what it was. He won an Emmy for best song that is springtime for Hitler, you know, in Germany. 
which I think he, I think that's right. I think that might be. But I think they, I read somewhere that he does try to put some kind of humor against Hitler in, in most of his comedies, if not all of them. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but I was talking to him. I'm not talking to him. God, I wish I could talk to Mel Brooks. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. More connections than we <laughs> Yeah, he's here right now. Um, we're just hanging out, having a beer. Um, uh, I think I remember watching an interview and somebody had asked him about that. Like, like he always seemed to try to throw in a joke about Hitler. And he said that that was how he got back at – he said, you know, most people that have power have that power because people don't look at them in the right light. Yeah. And so it's one of those where comedy has a great strength in which you, in which if you really wanted to make Hitler non-relevant, you should just make fun of him like constantly. Well, he because there is the scene in Blazing Saddles where there's actually Nazis lined up in the line or whatever um as they're trying to go through the toll booth. <laughs> um and then there is the scene in Young Frankenstein. There's the uh, kind of the police chief person who rallies yeah. the mob, and he has this artificial hand. And at one point, he does kind of like yeah, the Nazi keeps salute. Doing, keeps doing the Nazi salute, like constantly. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he does. I I, I think that's uh, that's very relevant. We got to get on to our lightning round. Did anybody have anything else before we get to the lightning round? I'm still trying to figure out how, how your lightning has like a, a V8 engine. <laughs> he grew up in that, you know, cars era. That was his, his childhood was, you know. Right. The cars movie. Ka-chow. Lightning McQueen. Hey man, don't make fun of my Kachow, all right? <laughs> you better back off, okay? The Kachow is my childhood. Kachinga, Kachinga. <laughs> so his lightning sounds like a rumbling car. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's get into the lightning round. Everybody get your dice ready. You can't make me. Roll for initiative. Make me take my dice out. Make me do it. Oh, I got an 18. Oh, I got a 12. I epic failed. Oh, I epic failed last time. (laughs) I got a 10. Okay, so Andrew, you get to start us off. I'll go second. I actually have a special lightning round. You have a special lightning round? My cousin, Brady, is a big fan of Spaceballs. He is. He is. So he actually said, are y'all recording Spaceball? And I said, yes. And he said, can I request to say something? So I'm going to put it in my lightning round. Okay. Okay. Just so he'll get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So are we actually going to hear from Brady or is this a quote from Brady? It's a quote. Okay. Okay. 30 seconds, Andrew. It's all on you. Ready? All right. Well, it's all on Brady. Okay. Ready? And go. I would say comedy-wise, it's amazing. Story-wise, it is set up in a simplistic fashion so many can understand. There are so many references to not just Star Wars, but other movies, like the end where it brings up the Planet of the Apes. I give it an A-. It's good, but it is not perfect. I'm strict on my movie review. That makes me different. I'm a bad boy. Eight seconds. That was a direct quote. I agree, for the most part. I didn't know there was a Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's right at the end. Really? 
Yeah. So yeah. when the when the they're What's flying that coming out, out of the, his nose? the arm oh, shit. and the head. Spaceballs. Oh shit! There goes the planet. But I, okay, so I don't know that they use that reference in the new Planet of the Apes movies. I think it was only in the old ones that he probably hasn't seen. Have you seen the old? I've Planet only of- watched the first one. Of the the original, like the very original. Was Charlton Heston in it, and was he not a monkey? I don't know. Then no, you haven't seen the originals. I don't know. Well, I think I it was saw in the, the old second one, one with yeah. the monkey and the girl and like some it, domestic it was violence. At the, and it like, was at the end of the first one, and they had finally escaped, and they were on the beach. Yeah, and he jumps off, and he goes. He goes, you madman, you blew it all up. You blew it all up. Because he he thought he was on a different planet. And it yeah. wasn't until that moment. But then that he they sees found, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. yeah, that they found the head and arm of the Statue of Liberty that was sunk in the sand. That he realized that he was actually on Earth. And so when the Spaceball ship at the end blows up, the head and the arm hit the sandy beach, just like the, the planet oh. of the apes. And That's the space so cool. ball, ball guys were climbing out of it. What's that coming out of his nose? Oh, shit. Space there goes the balls. neighborhood. <laughs> oh, shit. There goes the planet. Yeah, there goes the planet. Yeah. Um, Never noticed that. Yeah. There was a whole lot of different references in this movie to, to tons and tons. But, uh, yeah, Brady was um, very excited. at the age of 10. He was very excited about this, that we were doing this movie. Um I have to, well, I'll save it for maybe my lightning round. Okay. Which is coming up. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. And go. Enjoy this movie. Enjoy anything that Mel Brooks does. He is so much fun. And I, in a past episode, may have disparaged older brothers and and those older children that they can be jerks sometimes. And yeah, they can be. But they also help us to learn these things. And, and my older brother helped me become part of the geek that I am by, you know, having me exposed to some of these things like Spaceballs. So I have to say thank you to that jerk of an older brother. You got a call from Brent, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I had to have Christmas with him. I'll bet he actually got a call from their mother. That's what happened to me after the Dune episode when I referred to my brother as a butthead and tried to bribe my nephew. <laughs> Isn't that required? Yeah, yeah. So I, all older What's siblings... What's wrong with being the older brother? Are, ...are jerks at some point, so it's not that they're not. And I will tell a funny story, because my dad's older brother was actually at Christmas with us, and it was kind of ass. It's like, you know, older brothers, are the oldest ones kind of jerks? And my, and my dad's oldest brother kind of goes... Well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's like, okay, see, I'm just fine. But they're also loving and take care of us. So so I'm not going to say all bad things about them. I do have to tell them that, uh, that, that we do love them and, and they do take care of us and expose us to great geek things, kind of like Spaceballs. So, uh, Todd, I think you are up in the lightning round. Okay. All right. Ready and Go. Daphne Zuniga has really nice hair. I can't stand the name of John Candy's character. Pizza the Hut is disgusting, even more than the job of the Hut. After the transporter incident, if the president's head went on backwards, then his thumb should have been pointing the other way too. 
19 seconds. That's all I got. Uh, okay, the uh, the Statue of Liberty scene that you were talking about with the Planet of the Apes, that was that was okay. I, I mean, I didn't find it laugh out loud funny, but that was one of those things that I found kind of mildly amusing. You mentioned something a while ago that I also felt like, okay, yeah, that was kind of quirky, but for some reason, the movie just didn't make me laugh out loud. Time. I thought that was part of the fun, That is that it was pretty obvious that all they did was put his coat on backwards. It's like... <laughs> My head's all backwards. No, you just put your coat all backwards. It's kind of funny. Um, but anyways, uh, Dave, you get to finish this out in the lightning round. And you okay. only get five seconds. Go, go, go. Okay, ready? I guess. And go. Ah! What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't call me on this wall. I told you to never call me on this wall. This is an unlisted wall. That's all I got. 15 seconds. But you missed the part where she glances down. Oh, yeah, I know. Kafka. Ready, Kafka? I forgot about the Kafka reference. And the double, the double bit twins. Metamorphosis. This is, this is intellectual humor. I mean, that takes it to a whole nother level. We've gone through metamorphosis. Okay, Kafka. <laughs> Ready, Kafka? Like, what? <sighs> All right. We got to do a review. This is where the rubber hits the road. And we actually put a some kind of letter, number, reference that every, all of our listeners can cling to and know if they want to watch this movie as we kind of rate it for them. Ratings. Andrew, we're going to let you start us off. Uh, I know you seem surprised every week, but yet we've been doing uh, this for like 60 episodes. <laughs> can we go by who has the biggest Schwartz? Oh, that would be me. Uh, keep dreaming. I'll go first. Uh, go for it. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. I mean, you get it right from the opening credit scene, right? Like it yeah. already starts to poke fun at its own concept. And that entire poking fun at its own concept keeps going throughout. It's like 45 the- seconds of a ship going across the screen. Yeah. And I think it's all entertaining. Most of the movie at sometimes it can be a little slow, but it's all just building up for another joke, you know? I'm going to give it an A minus. Okay. Okay. That's respectable. This is one of those movies that I can sit back and watch anytime. It's one that I don't have to think about. I don't have to get myself in the mood for. If it's on, I can turn it on and just sit there and kind of veg out and enjoy the humor. I don't have to worry if I've missed anything because if I've missed a few jokes, there's more coming. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. It, but to me, it's a a well, a good waste of an hour and a half. You know, you just waste some time, you veg out, you enjoy life for a little bit, and you laugh. And so for that, I'm going to give it an eight and a half, eight point five out of ten. Now, I didn't have a whole lot of good things to say, but notice I didn't have a whole lot of bad things to say. And even some of my nitpicks were just that, just nitpicks. I, I and you may have noticed I didn't say much this episode. I have no strong feelings about this movie one way or the other. I don't find it that funny, but I don't find it exactly 
annoying either. I just, the best way I can put it is in the early days of this podcast, I would occasionally use a phrase, a big ball of nothing. Yep. To basically refer to a movie where there wasn't a whole lot of bad stuff, but there also wasn't a whole lot of good stuff either. And so in the end, what's left? This movie, it's nothing but a comedy. But to me personally, it wasn't that funny. And if a comedy isn't that funny, what's left? Unless there are other things. And this didn't have a whole lot of other things because it wasn't much of an adventure. It wasn't much of a romance, which I know there was a little bit of romance in there, but it wasn't that strong a component. It was mostly just a comedy. And to me, not one that was funny. So... In keeping with the uh, the theme of the episode, I'm going to say that this was a big space ball of nothing. And I give it a letter grade that almost looks like a ball. I'm going to give it a C. <laughs> uh, Dave, what you got for us? This is one of those films that even though as old as it is, it's pay full price. Like find this movie, buy this movie, steal this movie, own this movie. Do something to get a. Oh, I'm not ready. Take me back. And we're back. More technical difficulties. We do apologize. You guys know this by now. Um, we are here. Dave was finishing his review. Yeah, just on this movie. You need this movie. Get it. And the good news is, like Todd mentioned at the beginning, it's on a lot of streaming services. It's free. So you find a chance to watch it. You know, hey, if you're like, us and kind of getting older, but you got kids, you haven't exposed them to this, you know, you're doing them a disservice. Andrew will tell you, he was, he was being, you know, withheld displeasure, um, his whole life. And he didn't I was even withheld know. displeasure. Well, I sure hope so. <laughs> but we finished our reviews which means that we're getting ready to spin the wheel of insanity. Wheel of insanity. Before we do that, I would like to encourage all of our listeners to interact with us. Uh, we've got quite a few followers on Facebook. We would love mm. for you to add yourself to that. And you can do that just by going to our Facebook page, the Discerning Geeks Portal. And yeah, like us there, follow us, and you'll be able to get all the updates of our new episodes when they come out, little tidbits in between, and just fun stuff throughout whenever we post it on Facebook. And then you can also email us, the Discerning Geeks, I'm sorry, at, let me try that again. I totally wow. butchered that three times to Wednesday. I think he's drunk. Email us at discerninggeeks at gmail.com. Again, that's discerninggeeks at gmail.com. And you can also interact on our Twitter at discerninggeeks. We would love to hear from you. Comment on your favorite Mel Brooks film or any film or comedy spoof that you think is out there that we should know about. Um, let us know what movie you think we should review next. We're open to your suggestions. Any ways that we can improve our podcast. And then who's going to spin the wheel this week? I got him. Todd, are you ready for me? Yep, go ahead. Here we go. How about a 39? All right, let me double check this. Yeah. Okay, this one might take some explaining. Uh oh. <laughs> the movie is From Hell. Uh, what? From Hell. 
Okay. Language. So, Dave, why did you pick this? Me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, loser. It's on your list. I don't recall even putting that on the list. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's been forever, man. I know, but still, if you bother putting it on the list, make sure it's memorable enough to where when it is selected, you're like, oh, great. That one came up. Yay. Not, oh, is that me? Was that me? Really? What? I actually like. I actually like that movie. Um, it, it it's not a, so much sci-fi as it is probably fantasy because you know it does follow. It's it's all about the guy hunting for Jack the Ripper, and uh, I think it's just a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good movie, but I mean, it's not. It's not really for kids um, uh, because of some of the graphic nature to it. But uh, it may not be for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is this and I turned forty six yesterday. Yeah, this could be interesting. Uh, but happy birthday, by the way. You're forty six, Todd. Yeah. Well, uh, you still look like you're thirty five, man. Oh, well, thank you. Oh man, does this have Johnny Depp in it? Yep. Oh, oh man, Johnny Depp. You <laughs> 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 reacted with the exact same voice. You're like, oh man. We it's we can just review this movie <laughs> now. We, we can just, let's let's just do it now. Because it's a horror film. It's got Johnny Depp. It's got to suck. Okay, we're good. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I don't like horror films. I I'm not fond of Johnny Depp. I think I've seen this before and. Don't remember anything about it except feeling like it was a horror movie and it's got Johnny Depp. <laughs> What's wrong with okay. horror movies and Johnny Depp? Can someone <laughs> remind me, though, who Johnny Depp is? I forgot. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That actually worked. This okay, is before this, that. This one's going to be a tough one, but hey, we'll come prepared. We got this. We will. I have a feeling this one just went on the list because I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> and, and I've had a feeling this entire season that this movie was going to get picked eventually because I kept looking at the list and I was like, there's someone there. I, I just hope they don't get picked. I hope they don't get rolled. And I was like, that's one of them, but it's going to happen. Sure enough, it did. Mm. Okay. I've been doing a lot of mine. Evidently, I was put in the right in the sweet spot of the yeah. list because I think I've we've done like four or five of mine, if not. We've done a lot of yours. We did a lot of yours yeah. for the holidays, and then you know, kind of out of the last ten movie reviews, Men in Black, The Man Who Invented Christmas, Klaus, and Spaceballs were Dave T picks. Dune, Tomorrowland, and Children of Men were Dave S picks. Ocean's Eleven and Tag were Todd's, and Home Alone was Andrew's only recent pick. Out of upcoming reviews, Battle Los Angeles, and From Hell, are Dave T. Picks, and About Time is Todd's. Back to the Future Part 3 was put on the list by Todd, but he has convinced the group that they should review that movie for episode number 88, due to the significance of the 88 miles per hour speed in the Back to the Future trilogy. Listen to episodes 58 and 65 for reviews of Back to the Future Parts 1 and 2. And I have even intentionally stacked the numbers... To where the ones that are on streaming services, service, yeah, streaming services are three times more likely to be rolled than ones that we would have to rent. And here lately, about all the ones that we picked, we've had to rent. And this is another one. It is available to stream on what is that? The Criterion Channel. Oh, 
if you're if you're a subscriber to the Criterion channel, all all five people out there, yeah. uh, who might be subscribing to that service, yeah, they would they would get it for free. But yeah, the rest again, of planetarist, because how dash you say that the Druidian apps network that has Criterion is worse than Earth? I mean, come on. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, this one's going to take a little building up to. I hope we like it. Any, any pep talk, Dave? Just, <laughs> uh, Effie, brace yourself. Okay. Well, I mean, it's I I do like it because I I like the the um, aspect of of a detective trying to find Jack the Ripper, which is you know he was never caught, um, and this has this movie has a lot of the theories that have been brought up from about Jack the Ripper, about who he actually was um, and what was going on. And the line that it follows, oddly enough, is actually one of the theories of that uh, Jack the Ripper was actually covering the tracks of, of, of kind of a crazy prince that kind of had children out of wedlock, which is a big no-no. And that the women he killed were all knowledgeable about this baby that was basically an illegitimate heir to the throne. And, um, and so it's one of those kind of things where that's one of the theories that they had that, you know, that the, the Jack the Ripper was the reason he killed just these women. And that was it. Like, it didn't seem like anything else happened afterwards was because it was a, it was kind of a really strange hit by the Royal family. Um, mm. And then of course they throw in other things where it was a butcher or a doc or a crazy doctor and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's, it's one of those where I, I do enjoy the detective aspect of it. Um, they're, they probably could have been a little less graphic, but I think they, the reason they did it was because they wanted to show the brutality of the, of the murders that actually were very brutal in real life. If you read about Jack the Ripper and the murders that he supposedly committed they're they're screwed up i mean they really are about what he did to the women uh that he killed todd i have so. a question mm-hmm. is time after time on our, our list mm, no no okay uh but is time after time what is that about it's actually a kind of like a time travel jack the ripper movie oh okay um, it's an older one, but it was one that I always enjoyed. If you want a really good Jack the Ripper movie that, uh, that I would suggest, but, um, I couldn't remember if I had enough spaces to put that in my list or not. Um, I wasn't sure if you were talking about about time. I didn't, I wasn't no, sure if that's that. a different one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely different. Yeah. I think yeah, I remember different. time that's after good. time. Uh, did, uh, I don't know why I want to say this, but wasn't it a USA up all night movie? And it's basically somehow Jack the Ripper can travel through time. I mean, it will, it may have shown on USA. Up. It wasn't like it was a, an actual movie. It came out before like the USA Up All Night kind of stuff. It was an early 80s well, movie. All the movies that were on USA Up All yeah. Night came out before USA Up All Night. That's the whole yeah. point of USA Up All Night. Um, it may have been one that they showed. Um, it was it was a neat one, but uh, okay. On the sheer USA Up All Night. What the hell um, are y'all talking about? I'm so yeah, hot. No. You, were, you, were not even, you were not even a thought in your father's eye or your mother's existence when USA Up All Night was around, but you missed out. Um, so we're going to do From Hell next week or in a future episode. may not actually be next week, um, depending on kind of the order that we play a few episodes that we have coming. Um, oh, and, speaking of that, I have a question. Sure. 
uh, is something that I've asked offline, but I've only got an answer from Andrew so far. Uh, we're in the lower 80s, approaching the mid 80s right now as far as episode numbers. And episode 88 only comes around one time. Would it be okay if we reviewed Back to the Future Part 3 as episode 88? Because I think it would be kind of fitting since 88 is such an important number in that trilogy. And we've already done the other two. Now, full disclosure, it's on the wheel. I'm the one that put it on the wheel, so I know it'd be a bit of a cheat. We, we'd be like intentionally doing one of mine without doing the wheel for it. It's our but show. It, but yeah, but again, it's very thematic. You know, like I said, number 88 is, is involved in the movie, only comes around one time. Do we want to do that? It, it would both the days or would you be OK with that? Because I think Andrew I said care. it was OK. I'm with it. I say, let's roll with it. 88 okay, miles right. an hour. We'll go through time. Travel back in time. I'm with it. Okay. Sure. So then that movie is coming up. And then also uh, there was one episode. Was it one episode? No, we, we recorded two episodes back to back and we rolled the wheel in both of them. One of them was for this movie. The other one was for Battle Los Angeles. So sometime in the next few weeks, you'll have Battle Los Angeles, From Hell, uh, Back to the Future Part 3. And then we're getting ready to record a uh, year end review episodes so all those things are coming up soon awesome got lots of good episodes and lots of good old episodes um we'll talk about those more in our review episode but uh hopefully if you've listened to this you're going back and listening to some of our what we consider highlights um not the ones where i sound like i'm in middle school because i am you were i was i'm not anymore i'm a big boy but and I also that, got kicked out, but we don't talk about that. We're going to call this an episode. We reviewed one of the greatest comedy sci-fi movies ever created. You don't get a whole lot of those sci-fi comedy spoof creation movies. Uh, and this was one of the best. Guys, it was a pleasure talking with you. Pleasure reviewing the movie. It is 2022, and I look forward to a fantastic year with you guys and this podcast. Andrew, before we go, I'm going to let you kind of let a uh, let the cat out of the bag because this will be important in the fall. But tell them what one of your Christmas presents was for our podcast. What? 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 What did I do? Your Did Christmas I do something present. wrong? Your Christmas present. Oh my okay. goodness. I know the I know the answer to this, and it wasn't even my Christmas present. <laughs> Come on, pay attention. So um I got invited to not only travel on the Dave Bus 2000 and sleep on whatever couch of the room that Dave gets, and also not be fed, but I also got to go to Dragon Con. Yay! So at least three of us will be at Dragon Con in the fall. Um, I have to go because I have to to babysit. I mean, take care of Andrew and make sure that he gets there. What? And uh, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. Todd will Todd will be there, of course. Um, Dave, you know, to be determined, but uh, he may join us as well if we can figure it out in the fall. That's a long ways to go. Um, but something that you guys can put on your calendar and look forward to for the discerning geeks as we get closer through this year. We're going to have a contingent at Dragon Con. For all of our listeners out there, 
Happy New Year. We're excited. I think 2022 is going to be a phenomenal year for us. Oh, you jinxed it, man. You jinxed it, man. Oh, no. We've already got, you know, the new Book of Boba Fett that just started. We've got so much coming out. Star Wars, Marvel, sci-fi movies, fantasy shows, the new... Uh, Game of Thrones TV show I've heard is kind of coming around sometime this year. We're going to have a ton of fun stuff and it's a great year to be a geek. I'm going to call 2022 the year of the geek and we're going to love it. So guys, it's been a pleasure and I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening. Who are you? I'm the best man. What's your name? Barf. Your full name? Bartholomew. Are you the one that's getting married? Get over there! Okay, I don't care who it is. Somebody's getting married tonight. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Good. You're married. Kiss her. May the Schwartz be with you. No, no, it's may the Schwartz be with you. All right, let me try. What a world! What a world! What a world! May the Schwartz be with you. How you doing? Always.